Hey everyone, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and with me as always is my lovely wife, Brittany. Welcome to take two of creating an amazing client experience. We, uh, our kids are being so loud above us. We had to stop recording and we just had to start over from the beginning. So it's great. Oh, parenting. <laughs> uh, well, Brittany was mad at me at first. Now that is subsided and it, we are on to round two. Cue the intro. Wedding Videography for Beginners is a place for all like-minded creatives to come together and learn all aspects of a wedding business. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and with me is my ride-or-die and lovely co-host, Brittany. We are wedding filmmakers in New England and love chatting about all things wedding-related. We talk about not just the creative sides of our industry, but the business sides as well, with some equipment talks sprinkled in between. We love bringing on guests that are more knowledgeable than us, who can bring different insights to the table. So sit back, grab a pen, and get ready to take some notes. You might want to brace yourself too, because we have some real, raw, candid conversations with no filters. So let's get after it. Okay, so let's cover some housekeeping. Our number one priority here is to provide everyone with a high-quality podcast experience. And I don't want to sound arrogant or facetious or condescending or anything, however, comma, Brittany and I work, we practice what we preach. So we are busy and I mean that in a good way. So between like corporate work and wedding work and, you know, our networking, like all the stuff that we talk to, you know, every listener about on the podcast, we actually do. It's not like we're just sitting back here chatting about it and then not doing it ourselves. Um, Brittany is a perfect example of that right now from the impacts of last night's festivities. Oh boy. I didn't think we were going there. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Brittany needed some Motrin and Tylenol this morning and, uh, and more sleep, but apparently our children are not going to let that happen today. Never, never, never. But with that being said, we are going to be going back to two episodes a month. So we started with that where we were shooting two a month and then they were going for about an hour each. And then we wanted to do four 30 minute long episodes and I was never able to keep my mouth to 30 minutes. So, you know, like I said, our number one priority with the podcast is providing people with a, just a high quality curated content. And it feels like we're doing the listeners a disservice by what at times feels like winging it. Like that's not why we want to do this podcast. And the reason why we're winging it is because we are busy. Like we're just, we're just very busy. And I, I think going back to two episodes a month, for a little while, uh, would increase the quality of the episodes and as well as just be, it'd be more effective for all of us. So as things start to wind back down, you know, in the winter, maybe we'll ramp back up. We'll, we'll see. But, uh, I think cutting the podcast back is the best way to kind of keep, keep this up. Quality control. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I, we do. I mean that. Like, we want to. We want to make a good quality product. We don't want to be creating junk that people are listening to. So, with that being said, a shameless plug. Uh, we do offer mentoring. 
I really, really enjoy mentoring uh, people and I like seeing other wedding businesses grow and I like seeing other people be successful. So we have a few that we're mentoring right now. We're only taking two more and then we're going to cap it. So if you're interested, I highly recommend you reach out sooner rather than later. That's very affordable. It's very effective. And all you got to do is shoot us an email at hello at wvfb.co or there's a form on uh, www.wvfb.co, our website that you can go to for mentoring. So moving on, this podcast is about creating an amazing client experience. And what we've noticed in a lot of these Facebook groups and other forums that people are kind of struggling to streamline their process, maybe um, collecting payments, you know, this, that, and the other. So contracts, contracts, proposals, invoices. So we just thought we would kind of go through what we do from inquiry to um, product delivery and everything in between. So some of you might balk at the phrase or theory of client experience. Don't. (laughs) Because that experience is very closely tied to your brand. How the couple is moving through your entire process will dictate a lot. And what I mean by that is, are they going to book you or will they book someone else over you? So you have to ask yourself, is your experience streamlined? Is it better than others? Is it easy? So are you, you know, doing this like an an old school format where you're emailing a PDF, a contract that needs to be signed, scanned, and sent back? Um, how are you tracking your payments? What are your touch points? Is your client booking you a year out and then you're essentially ghosting them for the entire year until, you know, two months prior to the wedding or whatever? Um those are questions that you should ask yourself, and it, they're also questions that um, will make or break your client experience. So, did you want me to talk? Um, You're looking at me. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> because I just jumped you and did your spot. But whatever, that's fine. So, our client experience. Um, How do we do this? So from the very first inquiry, whether they're reaching out from Instagram or coming through our personal website, everything is channeled through our personal website. They fill out our contact form. They give us some basic information, date, venue, location. Um, we're just trying to get them engaged. So we ask them like what they are looking to get out of their wedding film, yada, yada, yada. So then from that point, let's, let's talk about that for a second, because one, one of the things that I think is very important for this entire, uh, process. And you'll hear us say this, well, at least me say this over and over and over again is you want this process to be easy. So you should always be thinking to yourself, like, what barriers have I put in place to make it difficult for a couple to book my services? So, oh, my energy drink has not kicked in yet, clearly. Uh, So when somebody comes to our contact form, 
we ask them their email address, their full name, their wedding date, wedding location and venue, wedding ceremony location, how did you hear about us, what is important in your wedding film, and then a little blurb that just, it's an open-ended box that says, tell us your story. So a couple of those are just drop downs. They're, so they're very quick to fill out. The other information, what we found when there, I would highly encourage people to go look at their Google analytics and you can see exactly how many people come to your website, how many people go to your portfolio, how many people go to your contact form. And then how, then once you see how many people are going to your contact form, how many people have actually inquired. So if you have a thousand people come to your contact form and five people inquiring, then you know there's something wrong with your contact form. So we actually had something not that drastic, but we noticed that we were getting, you know, like 200 hits to the contact form, but only like 30 inquiries coming. So I went and looked at the contact form itself and we were asking like 12 required questions. So I just started hacking stuff that I didn't care about, like budget. I don't have anything on there about budget anymore. I don't, I don't care. Like I just, I, I removed a lot of things to where it's simple to where email address, name, date, and then the wedding venue and ceremony location. The reason why we ask this is because we prefer to shoot weddings that are at the same location. It's just easier logistical for us. Like it's just makes more sense. So we always ask that question because we we'll, we'll decide like, you know, if it's a couple that we want to work with or, or not, and then we'll, you know, refer them to other people. If they're, if they're getting, if they're getting, if the venues in one spot, ceremony is another spot. First look is at another spot. They're getting ready in another spot. Like that's just, that's just logistically too much. Yeah. It's just a preference that we have. So we asked those two very specific questions on the form. How, how did you hear about us? Just so we know if it was from like a friend of ours or something like that what's important in your wedding film and then tell us your story, which is just an open box. And some people fill that out at length. Mm -hmm. Some people just write met on Tinder. So it's, you know, it's it's all situationally dependent. So what, what I'm getting at is we hacked down how many questions we had to make it easier for the person who was coming to our contact form to fill it out. So we, we removed that barrier and then we seen a distinct increase in the amount of how many people went to the form and then how many people inquired. Yeah. And mind you, this is their very first interaction with us. So are there other important questions that we're going to ask along the way? Absolutely. But do we have to like get into this at our very first interaction? No, because we don't know if we're going to be a good fit from the beginning. So that leads us into like our very first email that comes from the inquiry. So once we get that initial information from them, we will then shoot them over an email that is automated through HoneyBook and it's our template and it just goes something like, Hey, you know, fill in the blank. Thanks so much for taking the time to contact us about your wedding and congratulations on your engagement. We are currently available for your wedding on X date in X city and, you know, some small little things. Um, we definitely touch, bring in those 
tiny details that they gave us. Yeah. So like the whole reason why we have the two questions of what's important to you in a wedding film is uh, one of the things that you need to understand with branding and we're going to record our next episodes and talk about branding, but um, is, you know, and this is not meant in a derogatory sense. Like this is an actual marketing term. So it's called your customer's pain point. And when you ask them what's important to your wedding film, you know what you should be talking to them about. So if they said, you know, I want a wedding film that's authentic, traditional, and linear, then you should be talking to them about like, hey, we love producing authentic, traditional, linear wedding films for our couples. You know what I mean? Like you should be saying something back to them that's the equivalent of what they just said. Yeah, but it it's also not the point of regurgitating all of this information and sending them a templated email like you need to take the time to personalize these things and they took the time to fill out your inf- these questions that you had so you then give them that time back essentially but also in this email you know we give them a little blurb about ourselves like we only take on a certain number of weddings you you're adding that scarcity and also kind of that like call to action like if if this is something that you're interested in while there is no, you know, limited time offer or anything like that, like there is a limited date. We only shoot, you know, X amount of weddings per year. Um, We also call them to, Hey, you know, the best way for us to get to know you, see if we're the best fit for you is if we schedule a 15 to 20 minute call the link is then inside the email so that they can go to our schedule and fill put in a time that works best for them. And that's the cool thing about HoneyBook. So we used to have Calendly. We mm-hmm. used to use Calendly for it, but then HoneyBook created their own scheduling tool inside it. So rather than spending extra money on Calendly, it just comes with your HoneyBook subscription. So this isn't like a shameless plug for HoneyBook. I'm just no. saying it just – I'm sure Dubsado probably does something similar uh, – I can't think of the new one that they just said. What was it Mar- Maru or Muru? Or, no, I I don't know. I think that's what just all that payment has processing. Yeah. yeah, but um, I I like the fact that there's a scheduling tool built right in, and we just have the link in that email. So not only do you have a call to action, but then they can just click the link in the email. It opens up a calendar. They can select whatever time works for them, and then it auto populates on our schedule. Right, but also just as Like, this isn't something that we started out doing from the very beginning. There was a lot of go back and forth between what days work for you and what times. Oh, no. In the very beginning, I remember, I think it was Gina and Kevin. I think they were the first couple that we booked after Allison and Dan. And uh, I want to say we had, oh, no, it was, uh, it was the Pine Hills wedding. Stephanie. I can't believe I can't think of their name. Uh, Amy Lee and Greg. No, no. Remember we did their wedding. We actually did their wedding last year. The first wedding we ever booked, we actually did last year because of all the postponements and stuff. And I just cannot think of there. But anyways, we had a PDF contract that we would email. They would have to print, sign, scan, send back. We had like a word document that we would send them with like a bulleted out list of all of our services. You know, that was our quote unquote brochure. Um, 
we would have to go back and forth via email 27 times for them to figure out like what day they could get on a call and that kind of stuff. And then we were manually sending them all of the emails, quote unquote, through like it was, it was, it was a nightmare. Yeah, it's and, just like, if, if you're serious about this, it is worth the investment to have a CRM management. Yeah. Um, cause everything that we're going to talk about right now, when it comes to like automation and that kind of stuff, cause that's coming here in just a couple of minutes, it's, it, it makes our lives so much easier. And like Phil said, we're not like plugging HoneyBook. There's plenty of other ones out there. We just use HoneyBook and it's, but we do have an affiliate code, <laughs> so feel free to use it, <laughs> but you know, w- we love it. And so another thing that we drop into this email, um, over the initial, you know, contact is that what our couples typically invest. Um, and if they have room for us in our budget or in their budget. Yeah. So that's, that's the first mention of pricing pricing. and we're not asking them what their budget is. We're just telling them where our collections start. Yeah. And another, something I was listening to completely off topic about this, something I was listening to with um, Sam from, I think it's Idea Action or ID Action. That's what it was, ID Action Consulting. He had brought up a really interesting thing that I've tried a couple of times now to where I never ask them what their budget for a videographer is. I ask them what their total budget for their wedding is. And that creates, that starts them off with saying, well, our budget is $200,000. Well, then when you hit them with, well, you know, our couples typically invest around $10,000. That number is significantly smaller than what they just said. So there's like a psychology to it. It's not, you're not starting, you're starting high and going low instead of starting low and going high. Yeah. Because they might think that their budget for a videographer is five grand. But then after they said 200,000, when they hear 10, there's a significantly less of an impact mentally, which I thought was a very, very interesting and very cool thing. Yeah. So that's Brittany telling me to move the fuck on. <laughs> no. So, I mean, we have uh, another quick little thing, like also be sure to check us out on Instagram. There's a link like within embedded within the Instagram for some of our most recent work. We want our clients to be familiar with what we do, what we have done. And, you know, I think in this email, we give a lot of information. One, we're available or we're not. And if we're not, we have a completely different template for that, you know, with um, referrals to some of our closest frienders that we think would be a good match for them. And then... Yeah. And when we say template, it's not like we're going into a word document and copy pasting something over. Like I go to a drop down menu in the response and select unavailable for wedding and it just auto populates everything. I just click send. So it's not like we're, that's the, the beauty of having some kind of CRM is when we select this email, literally new inquiry email, mm-hmm. uh, it auto populates all of this stuff. And then we go in and we, we make a few adjustments and then we send it out. Yep. So this is the top of our funnel. So after this email, do we get ghosted sometimes? Yeah, sure. Yep. And, right. yep. um, 
we also weed out some of the people that aren't within they're not going to be able to afford our services. Yeah, we're not a good fit. That's um, cool. Which is totally fine. If we don't hear from them, we send them a follow-up email like, hey, you know, we sent you an email. We don't wanted to make sure we didn't end up in your spam folder, whatever. Um, if you're still interested, here's the link again to schedule a call with us. We'll send another one an- another couple days well, let, let's talk about, let's go. So we have several different tracks that will start depending on what, what happens. So we have an inquiry that comes in. We respond to that inquiry. As soon as we send that inquiry response, there's a little button off to the right that we select. It says automation. And when we open that automation button, we select a initial inquiry. So this is the automation that we actually created for someone who has taken that first step. And what Brittany is talking about with these emails that are going out is under that initial inquiry automation, one day after that in- we trigger the automation, the email that she just talked about, the follow-up one, goes out. Three days after that email, another follow-up goes out. If it has not been responded. Yeah, if they haven't done anything. Yep. So this is the initial inquiry track. Seven days after that, we send a final email that says, you know, uh, hey, we didn't hear from you. We're kind of assuming that you guys moved on or, you know, you did X, Y, and Z. We wish you the best in planning. If you ever have any questions or if you never need anything, you know, feel free to reach out. And the day after that, I get a notification of a task that says we need to archive the lead because we never heard back from them. But that entire sequence, once we trigger that initial inquiry, we're not doing anything other than archiving that workspace if we don't hear from them. And this doesn't seem like a big deal, especially if, you know, you're not having inquiries fly in and it's easy to keep track of. But during like busy season, you don't want to like, I don't know, miss something, forget. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. And I mean, really, this just really streamlines the process and makes it easier. But one of the reasons why I also bring this up is because just recently we archived someone because we hadn't heard from them. And instead of like starting the process over again, she actually reached back out and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I started it and then we went on vacation or whatever. And this kind of took the back burner for a minute. And so we just pick up right where we kind of left off. Just unarchive it. Yeah. And then we also just like shoot, like obviously the link is still available for them to schedule a call. And the 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 shoe is already... <laughs> the ball is in their court. So yeah. they get to do. I was wondering where you were going with yeah, the shoe there I, for a minute. I was I like, was the shoe was on the other foot. A little, <laughs> like I said, it's been, I'm sleep deprived. She's hung over Brittany right now. Yes. Go so, um, now I just lost my train of thought. Everything is. It's stored inside of the system. So yes. when you when you archive it, it's not like deleted forever. So if somebody does reach back out with something, you can literally just move it back into the workspace and then go from there. 
Uh, and you know, with what Brittany is talking about, case in point, we, I have the discovery call with that couple, uh, is pretty much as soon as we're going to be done filming this first episode. So, yes. So that's track one for the initial inquiry. So that's the entire sequence. So that's if somebody does not go with us. So they, they ghosted us. Let's just pretend that they ghosted us. If somebody does respond back and they're, they're like, Hey, you're out of our budget. We have a canned response for that too. Yeah. So we just go to the the drop down menu for the templates and just select outside budget. Auto populates something really simple that's like, hey, we totally understand about budgets. Uh, you know, wedding planning is it's stressful and expensive. If anything ever changes, you know, feel free to reach out. You know, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or if you need help with anything. We're more than happy to recommend people to you, et cetera, et cetera. And that's it. And then we archive that workspace and we go about our day. Uh, I, you know, just a completely different side rant for a second. I really wish that if somebody was out of your budget, that they would just say that or say that they're not interested instead of letting, like I can see when these four or five emails go out for that initial query inquiry, Honeybook is telling us if they've been read (laughs) and I can see that people are reading them. Like, just shoot me a message. Like, I'm not going to be mad at you. Just shoot me a message back and say, Hey man, close this door. Yeah. Oh, and let's move on. We went with somebody else. Okay. Awesome. You know, have at it. I wish you guys the best and you know, good luck with everything. Yep. Like that's, you know, so anywho, and we will be right back. Are you tired of aimlessly flipping through mediocre at best music for hours? Do you find yourself wasting valuable time on projects? Just trying to find that perfect song. Bring in music bed. The first time Britt and I looked at their library, I remember saying we could use any of these. Musicbed has a massive library of elite musicians used by brands like Nike, Samsung, Apple, and ESPN. Having a hard time finding that perfect song? Reach out to a specialist who can help do the searching for you and create a list of songs specifically for your project. Imagine the amount of stress reduction you would have with music selection being a breeze. Imagine how much time you can save during an edit by having a massive library of meticulously selected songs. What would that do for your productivity or quality of life? Musicbed is your solution. Click on our link below to see our hand-selected playlist. Use code WVFB at checkout and get your first month free when you sign up. Musicbed was simply a lifesaver for us. Tired of paying an enormous price for your website? Are you paying more than 12 or 13 bucks a month for multiple websites? Because we're not. We use Cloudways. You can pick your own server, pay as you go, no lock-ins, and get a free SSL certificate. Cloudways uses WordPress applications, which are included in the price. Did I mention that they will migrate your website over for you for free? Plans start as low as 11 bucks a month. We run all three of our websites off of a Vulture server through Cloudways, all for half of what the leading website host costs per year for one. Save yourself time and money with Cloudways. Click on our affiliate link below to start your free trial. You'll never look back. We didn't. And now back to the show. If we were to go down the track where someone was interested in booking our, or not even booking our services, just jumping on a call, it then goes, they, like I said, um, the ball's in their court. So then they get to schedule um, a time that works best for them. Um, we get on said call, Phil gets on said call and then, you know, our brochure is sent. 
Kind of. Uh, well, I mean, I feel like you you do it different. It's based on the couple. I mean. So I, I, if a couple is like adamant about wanting to see the brochure, I'll send it to them. Like if they, if they reach out and they're like, Hey, I just, I want to see what your prices are. I'll just, I'll send them a brochure. Uh, but like today is a perfect example. Like when I'm getting off the call, I'll send them the brochure. Like I'll, I'll forward it over to them. Uh, Cause I'm going to talk about it and that kind of stuff. And, but I normally, uh, and it's just, it, you know, it's just one of those things. Like I would, I would much rather get on the phone and chat with them about like what they're looking for, see if we're a good fit, that kind of stuff. Cause we, we had one couple that was very adamant about just seeing the brochure. They seen it. They were like, we want to book. And then they booked. And then 10 minutes after they booked, it was Veronica. She was yeah. like, let's get on the phone. And I was like, that's a very good idea. Like, <laughs> you don't know anything well, about us. It just us. seemed like they were very introverted, which is totally fine. And they were just interested in, you know, seeing in front of their eyes, like what it was that they wanted. And then they were like really quick to book. Yeah. Um, which just and everything like that morning, it didn't feel right to us because we didn't know them anything so. about them except for that little blurb and yeah. the tell us your story. And then obviously they got on a call with us and happily ever after, you know, whatever it was great. But, um, so what, welcome, welcome through, we get on a call and then we get off said call. What happens next? So I, we send a follow-up email along with the brochure so that they can then look at it. Um, we tell them. Brittany doesn't do these. So I'm, I'm just, I'm watching her right now. Well, yeah, well, I'm actually looking at someone that booked. So what happens is. <laughs> please go on. Tell them, please tell us Phil. Once I get off the call. I will, well, before I get off the call, I will ask them like just very, and not blatant, but just, I'll be like, Hey, you know, I don't want to be a nuisance. Um, but I want to send you a follow-up email. So when do you think, you know, you and so-and-so are going to know when you've made a decision? Like if like today is a good example, today's Thursday and I'm getting on a call here, uh, in a little bit. And at the end of the call, I'm be like, Hey, when do you think you and your significant other is going to make a decision? Like, do you need time through the weekend? And they might say yes. And I said, okay, well, I'll, if I don't hear anything from you, I'll shoot you a follow-up email on Monday. So that's important. The reason why I say that's important is because we have what is called an after-call workflow automation. So I will go in and turn that automation on and then tell it to activate on Monday. So that on Monday, it's a 10 a.m., it'll fire out that first email. And that email says, you know, hey, it was so great talking to you. Now that you've had some time to review, you know, our collections, uh, you know, we'd love to work with you, et cetera, et cetera. And it kind of has some little instructions for them, what they need to do next and book. And then three days after that, another email goes out with some similar verbiage, like, Hey, you know, wasn't sure if we went to the spam folder or not, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then seven days after that one, another email goes out that says, Hey, you know, it's, it's been a little over a week since we heard from you. Uh, we're assuming that you guys have moved on with somebody else. Maybe it was because of budget or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we wish you guys the best. If anything changes, you know, feel free to reach back out to us. 
uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then the next day I get a task that pops up inside a HoneyBook that tells me to archive that workspace. So that after call is also completely automated. So once I get off the phone with them, it's a series of automated emails that are going out that are, you know, just doing some follow-up, some follow-up touch points. And that's, that's kind of like how that system works. So what happens if they book? So if they book, we send over, you know, obviously at this point we know what they want. They, they they receive a brochure and they're, is it in HoneyBook where they can click what they want and it we we have generates? changed the way that we changed the way that we did that and this is I so HoneyBook just rolled out some new features and some new forms and I haven't I'll, I'll be the first one I haven't had time to like dig through it they have like new automations and stuff um, however comma I liked the ability to be able to manipulate my brochure at a more granular level than what HoneyBook had allowed. And I think that for our clientele, that having a more polished and aesthetically pleasing brochure was better than what we had inside of HoneyBook, just in general terms. So we sent them that brochure. They email us back with like, we want to book the eclectic. We want to do rehearsal dinner coverage and we want drone coverage. So I go into HoneyBook at that point, create the proposal, and then put the blocks in. The blocks are built in already. I just select those blocks like eclectic uh, aerial coverage and rehearsal dinner coverage. And then it auto-populates the total and that kind of stuff. Yep. So everything is in one place. It's streamlined. They're then sent a proposal with um, contract and invoice. All in one. All in one. They can sign it on their phone or whatever mobile device or desktop that they're using. And they have the option to do ACH transfer. They can pay on credit card or... You know, our personal favorite is to send a check. Um, we were actually joking with that with people last night because they were like, does anybody still use checks? And I was like, we do. Anytime a client offers to pay with a check, that's Here's the, PO box. the best option for yeah, and, us. Yeah. Reason being is because of the fees. Yeah. Like that's, you know, I just did something with PayPal. PayPal charged me almost 7%. Well, yeah, but even HoneyBook gets a cut. So mm-hmm. if they're, they're like three or four. Yeah. Three. If we can avoid that whenever possible, we absolutely will. But also make it known to your client that their date is not like secure. Da- yeah. Your date is not secure. Until yep. the retainer is paid. And the contract is signed. And the contract is signed. You have to have those two things in place for me to reserve your date, period. So, so that's just an important note for... I mean, this is just how we do it. And we do not show up to a wedding day until we have been paid in full. And what we have noticed is a lot of people in these groups are like, 
trying to stalk their brides or their grooms because they haven't been yeah. paid. So-and-so said they were going to pay me in cash the day of the wedding. Yeah, oh, that's no, not please don't happen. do that. Don't put yourself in that kind of a situation. Um, yeah, one, one month prior to the date is when our final payment is due. And that's one of the great things about having a CRM is because a week prior to the payment, it's there's an automatic email that goes out to remind them a payment reminder. If they don't pay it, they get like a one day reminder, a three day reminder afterwards. And then we get a notification that comes through that says, you know, so-and-so hasn't paid their invoice. And then we'll reach out to see what's going on and that kind of stuff. But it's, you know, we're not, we don't need to remember right. all of these dates and that kind of stuff because the CRM is taking care of it. Like that's. But also on a completely different note, like if you're not comfortable with like pestering people for payment or, and I don't even want to say pester because you're do what, you know, you're owed, whatever. But for people like me, I'm like conflict averse. Like I don't want to deal. Like it's just uncomfortable. Like the whole idea of asking people for payment for me is uncomfortable. So obviously it's not like that for Phil. Um, But the reason why I say that is that if you are not comfortable with that, having an automated system is really nice. It's like you have to do all the work up front, get your templates, your workflows, everything in order. But you don't have to be the one to worry about like, oh, I guess I have to shoot that uncomfortable email. It's just automated. And I think that there's a real benefit to having that automation. Yeah. I mean, one, it, it's just, it makes just our lives so much. And mind you, we have 12, 13 weddings booked this year and which is not like a ton. It's not like we're it's doing not. 45 or 50, but we still don't need to worry about like once, once we trigger these workflows and these automations, no, we but it, can go about doing other stuff. It's also about the constant inflow of inquiries though, too. It's like all of this stuff on top of, you know, your regular emails, if you have, if you, I hope you're not using a personal email with your business emails, but if yeah, you stop are, using gmail.com, it, um, <laughs> it's all, you know, streamlined. You're not going to lose things. It's not going to be like, everything is in one place and people ghost you, then you get rid of them. And when yeah, I mean, don't think about it either. Just yeah, so anyways, let's, let's get business. back to the client experience. So this is when our experience. So you've kind of seen how easy the workflow is for a couple, a couple inquiries. They get an email back. There's a link to schedule right in the email right there. They schedule the call. As soon as the call is over, they tell us exactly what they want. Then they receive one cohesive document. So that proposal is uh, all one page. They just scroll through it. They can just select, you know, sign contract. They sign it. They keep scrolling because you have to sign the contract first. I think HoneyBook won't allow you to pay without signing first, which is actually pretty interesting. So they sign the contract, then they pay all done through their cell phone. And then as soon as that happens, we get a notification saying, you know, cha-ching, you've been paid. <laughs> yeah. It literally goes cha-ching. But, um, it's the most beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's like the most rewarding sound on the planet. And then when that happens, we go back into their 
uh, workspace and I just go into my automation and I select wedding workflow. And that's it. Once I turn the wedding workflow on, the this thing is kind of going on its own because it will automatically send an email as soon as I turn it on that tells them that, you know, yay, we've received your signed uh, agreement and your retainer. We're so happy to welcome you to our family. And then it's got a little, you know, list of instructions and that kind of stuff, what to expect from us coming up. And, you know, I think maybe a couple of links to some other videos and then, you know, be sure to follow us on Instagram and send us your Instagram handles. Cause we're going to follow you too, et cetera, et cetera. And then, um, about a week after that, we send a five question, I think it's five question questionnaire to the couple. And that questionnaire is asking them questions like, uh, what barriers did you have? Like some other stuff, which we're going to talk about in the branding episode, but we're trying to collect, uh, data for our brand. And, uh, so that email goes out a week after, and we'll go into that in the next episode. But, uh, we did have some other touch points in there to where, like a year out from the wedding, we had a thing three months out from the wedding, 45 days out. We, we had a bunch of stuff. And what we found is one, we're not booking, we're tr- we try not to book weddings that far out to begin with. Uh, two, three months out from the wedding to, we would have a thing to get on a call with them and that kind of stuff. And they still didn't have a lot of details finalized. And that just seemed kind of pointless. Yeah. So now we just kind of send like a, Hey, thinking of you, email that just uh not that stalker weirdish but just letting there was nothing stalkerish <laughs> about just wanting to say like hey i know your wedding's coming up you know just wanted to say that you were in our thoughts can't wait to see you guys in a few months hope all is well nothing about like jumping on a call or you know no it's just basically letting them know like Hey, we're still here. Our business hasn't gone under. Yeah, we, we know that you're still alive. too. <laughs> we are like following along, you know, whatever. It's just to, I mean, it's to give them peace of mind. Essentially. I, I mean, pe- these people are paying us a lot of money and yeah. for half of them, they're booking out, you know, a year in advance. Like we're starting to get inquiries a year out for next year. Um, yeah, just barely a year out. Right. So it's just kind of like one of those things where I mean, we're still getting inquiries for October of this year. So, yeah. So it's just to make people feel like, I don't know, that they that don't have to worry. We're here. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're still here. And then uh, about 45 days prior to the event, an automated email goes out with their questionnaire which asks all of the standard questions, like how many people are in your bridal party? What time are you getting in your dress? Like what fun stuff do you got going on? Um, that one's a couple of pages. And again, you can fill all of that out on your cell phone. Yeah. So you just open that up on your phone, like on your lunch break, and you can knock all that stuff out real quick. And then when you click submit, it comes right back to us. And there's also a link inside of that email for them to schedule their storytelling session. So they, you know, we can jump on the, uh, a zoom call with them. You know, we'll, if they want to go out to dinner, if they want to grab some drinks, like we'll do that too. Um, so that that's there. Then, like I said, the, 
we take the final payment four weeks prior to the due date. So now we're at a month out. They should have paid. They'll get an automated email letting them know that their balance has been paid in full, et cetera, et cetera. A week prior to the event, they get another email that says, hey, your wedding is in seven days. We are so excited to be working with you. We can't wait to see you guys here in a week. You know, hope all is well. And you guys are getting a chance to maybe calm down a little bit, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, then the wedding happens. Yeah. 14 days after the wedding happens, they get an automated email with all of our links to Google, the knots, all that kind of stuff uh, to say like, Hey, we had a blast at the wedding. It was so awesome working with you guys. We would love it if you left us a review and it, we give them all the things so they can just click everything right there in the email. They don't need to hunt for anything or dig for anything. They just fire everything out and leave us a review. So uh, it is a very streamlined uh, process that is very easy. If you notice, nothing is taking them outside of like their cell phone. Like they don't need to do any anything extra other than like click a link in an email and fill out X. Like they, there's not, yeah, this isn't a painful process. It's easy. It's manageable. Um, you know, Phil also didn't mention that the Monday after the wedding, we send a, a follow-up follow email, email, just say like pretty much what he just said, like, thanks for having us. Thanks for entrusting us in this incredible day of yours, you know, Talk well, the, about something that happened well, the, there. no, the big, the big thing in the Monday follow-up email is a summary of all of their deliverables. Yes. And the reason why we do that is because one, it sets, we also tell them when their expected date for their video is per the contract. Yes. So our contract states that we'll have their video to them in four months. So if they got married in June, then it would literally say, was it July, August, September, October on October, you know, 28th. You, you'll have your film by October 28th. And then we put in what their deliverables were. Six-minute highlight film, custom colors, you know, et cetera, et cetera. If they purchase like a ceremony edit, like that would be sitting in there. But that way it reminds them what they got and then also what they didn't get. Right. And at that time, you can also, hey, like if you're interested, you know, you can still add anything. We've captured all the moments of your day. Um, if you're interested in, you know, getting that speech that your brother gave or whatever, like, and like we had mentioned in the, uh, the last podcast, I think like people don't necessarily want to buy the speeches edit or the toast edit before the event happens. Cause they don't yeah. know if, you know, They're the best be man is going to be shit faced or, <laughs> If which has happened. Yeah. So, I mean, but if on the flip side happens and a beautiful toast was given or people are crying because it was so beautiful, whatever, they might feel inclined to get it at that time. Yeah. Or if that choreographed dance that they had planned really went well, they might want to purchase it or not. <laughs> but they'll have a better idea after the wedding. Yeah. And everything that I just described 
is all automated. The only thing that's not is the Monday follow-up email, but there's a task that I get alerted to. That's like, Hey, you need to send this email today. Again, it's a template. I just click on Monday follow-up email and then I go in and just copy paste the information from their proposal over with all of their deliverables. And that's, that's it. And that's kind of what's guiding our couples through everything. And out of all of those steps, we're only really touching a handful, but there's a lot of moving parts going on between payments, contracts, and there's no real difficulty in doing it. Right. So. What did I have to talk about next? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, just having a unique streamlined and easy client experience, it's, it's going to push you in front of other companies. Like it's going to make it easier for people to book you. Um, they're going to tell their friends how easy it was to book you. Planners are going to talk about how easy it was to go through everything. But I also feel like it ups your level of professionalism. Like I just, I think that it's, it's organized, it's like streamlined, it's properly dated. Like I don't. Yeah. And it keeps Yeah, you're not you, living in the 90s. You're not asking somebody to fax you something. Right. But it, it also keeps things in a chronological order. Like you're getting paid before the event. Um, you can manage your payments, however many you, you know, decide with your client. Like it's it's just a professional platform. Like it, it looks, it presents itself very well. Yeah. You, you look larger than what you are. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah. And like I said, you always want to be thinking to yourself, like what barriers can I be removing to make it easier for someone to book me? Like, what can I do to make it easier for this client to like move through all of these different pieces and parts so that it's streamlined, it's seamless, and they feel that they're just kind of coasting along, that they're just kind of along for the ride. Yeah. And I know that we talked about a ton of stuff and we just, we mainly talked about what goes on behind the scenes. The customer, the client has a very easy process to go through all this. It's mapped out, they don't have to think about anything. They're getting reminders. They're getting emails sent to them about important dates that are coming up. So they don't also have to be the ones that are tracking everything on their personal calendars. It's just. I mean, they they can even set up auto pay. Yeah. And it tells us when auto pay has been enabled. So then, you know, as they're, as they're going through the whole payment process, like all their payments at that point are just automatically taken out. Mm-hmm. So, all right. In other words, create an amazing client experience. It's going to be good for you. Yep. And click on our affiliate link for HoneyBook while you are at it. I'll put it in the show notes. All right. So make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Do not forget to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. Make sure you're hitting us up for mentoring. Like I said, we only got two spots left. And we hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. And we will see everyone in the next couple of Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. 
We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.